I want to read from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse number 22 tonight. It's a familiar passage, and uh, there's so many things you can glean from these passages. When you read the Word of God and you read it over and over and over, you see more and more different things in it, and uh, I'm excited for what we have tonight. I'm in the New King James Version, Acts chapter 16, verse number 22. Acts chapter 16, verse number 22. It says, Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. <coughs> Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Amen. I want to preach for a few moments with the subject. It's not your circumstances that you're in. It's your commitment. It's your commitment. Amen. Pray for me as I pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing great things in our midst. I thank you for your presence, Father. I ask you, Lord, to touch everyone here tonight, Lord, and watching on Facebook. Lord, that you'll anoint their ears and their eyes to hear and to see what you'd have to say to them. Let the seed of the word go deep inside of us, Father. They may grow, grow up inside us, Lord, as we become better and better disciples, Lord. Following after you in everything we do, I ask you to anoint the lips that I'm speaking with tonight, Father, with the Holy Ghost, Lord, with boldness that I can preach your word and it'll be received in love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. Wow. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. It seems like at the worst moment, they couldn't be in any more trouble. Here they are, worshiping God. <laughs> I know most of the time when I get in trouble, the first thing is I'm looking at the circumstances that's happening, right? You see what's going on instead of realize, hey, this is terrible. Let's praise God. That's what's going on here in this passage. Paul and Silas, they've been thrown in prison. Anybody know why they were thrown in prison? Preaching the gospel? But what really led up to it? They cast a demon out of somebody. Made them mad. Made them mad and making money about this woman. And they got tired of following her. Like, hey, demon, get out of here. Boy, that made them mad. And so they, they got them. They got them arrested and put into the jail. I want us to understand that Paul and Silas was going, uh, was going through a tough time. It was a tough time. Having been put in jail for casting out a demon from a young girl, they were beaten and thrown into prison, into stocks, and kept in darkness. How many of you just like to put, keep your kids in the dark sometimes? Just, just lock the door and keep them in the dark. I remember one time when we were kids, they, they locked us up. We had a family reunion. They locked the basement door, and we couldn't get out, all of us kids. You know what I thought? Nothing. I didn't know I was locked in. I was down there playing. I just had a good time. <laughs> didn't know anything about it. But they were locked up in the prison. They entered the inner prison, and they were kept in darkness. They were beat with rods, which the Roman method of treating the criminal, that's, that's what they did. 
They would beat them with rods. Jews gave only 39 stripes, but Romans had no such law. They could give you as many as they want. They could give you as many as they want. They would beat on you until they got tired, I guess. They gave, us, they gave us as many as they chose. Uh, this is referred to by Paul in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine when he said, stripes above measure or, or moderation. They didn't, they didn't hold them back. They kept, kept beating on him is what he's saying. I'll put it in Drew's words for you. They just kept hitting me, man. They kept beating on me. Dake said Roman stocks were not only made to keep one from escape, but they were made with holes wide enough apart so as to stretch the legs and bruise the feet to cause great pain and injury. Wow. That's pretty tough. You're going to go beat on these dudes, then you're going to throw them in the inner jail, and then you're going to stretch them out as far as they'll stretch out and chain them up. They're in a bad situation. I think sometimes we read through this, we just think, well, they're in prison. It's probably a nice prison. They're getting three squares. It's warm in there. They got a pillow. They got a cot. It's okay. It's a bad situation. This with the stripes beyond moderation made them suffer agony. But in spite of this, they were singing praises. They were singing hymns unto the Lord. Can you imagine your worst pain? I remember the worst pain I think I ever felt, and I, toothaches are way up there, I'm just going to say. But I had a kidney stone one time, and I laid on the ottoman, and I thought to myself, and I even said it out like, God, if you're not going to heal me, just take me. I, I didn't have a praise on my lips. I was, just, I was praying for death. I know, I'm not, you guys are all better than I am. I'm just like, God, I can't take anymore. They wasn't crying out to God like that. They were praising God. I don't think they were saying, God, thank you, they beat on me. I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. I don't believe that's what they were doing. But in spite of the circumstances, they were praising God. Right? The prisoners heard them. They probably thought, what are them jokers drinking over there? I want some of that. They can be beat on, they can be stretched out, and they're still praising God? What's going on here? What a horrible circumstance they were in. But they didn't let the problem overcome them. They overcome the problem. Amen. How? Not just by the praise. Most people want to just emphasize that when you read this scripture and preach this sermon. It's just your praise. In their midnight hour, they begin to call upon God. Let me tell you something. There's no praise in your mouth if there's not already a commitment in your heart. <laughs> it wasn't just their praise that brought them through. It was their commitment to stay faithful no matter what their circumstances look like. Their commitment to God remains strong, and they overcame their circumstance. Another way to say it is, our commitment can overcome any circumstance. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Paul and Silas has shown us right here, it didn't matter that it didn't feel good at the place they were at. It didn't matter that they were probably still bleeding and, and sitting in a, in a hole in a jail they begin to praise God, not because God, well, thank you for them stripes, God. No, thank you for these, these things I've stretched out. They wasn't thanking God for that. They were thanking God because of what they knew about God already. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean you need to stop your praising. Your commitment will determine your praise, amen? Their commitment to God remains strong, and they overcame their circumstances. One of the best weapons that Satan uses against the saints of God is to attack us with problems. We talked about problems last week. 
problems. He gives us problems. He puts things in our way, difficulties, over and over and over. Difficult circumstances. He wants to put us in them. When the pressure is on, many Christians are overcome by their circumstances. Do you know why? Because their circumstances is greater than their commitment. That's what happens. Sometimes you see somebody say, I can't believe they fell away from God. I can't believe they did. The circumstances overcame their commitment to God. Total commitment to the cause of Christ belonged or, or brings total victory. Why don't you read this right here? Matthew 19, verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, disciples, assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Man, if this rich dude can't be saved, what's... who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I preached Sunday. They were waiting. They didn't realize the resurrection was happening or it was going to happen. They were still waiting to rule and reign. They didn't know how that was all going to unfold. Verse number 29 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit, and inherit eternal life. There's a reward for giving up things for God. Amen? But many who are first will be last and the last first. I want to tell you, our desire as a church body and TFT, the, the staff and everybody here, is to produce disciples of Christ. If you're a Christian here today, you're a disciple of Christ, and that needs to be your, your, your uh, purpose in life, your goal in life, is to see other people discipled for Christ. Right? Sometimes we think the disciples, well, that's just them 12. No, it's people that are saved and following after Jesus. That's what, that should be our goal, all right? To do that, we must have the highest level of commitment from each and every believer. Amen. Hey, if you're a Christian here, everybody should have said amen. Amen, amen. That's how Jesus made his disciples. They were committed to him. He says, come follow me. They put down their stuff. They did, you know, hey, I'm a fisherman. I got these nets. I got these boats. They left it and went. We're like, well, well, God, first we got to do this, and first we got to do it. Well, I can't just do that, God. I've, I've got this. I've got that. Some people do what God's called them to do, and they think that they need recognition for it. These disciples wasn't after that. They were following Jesus. They were learning from Jesus. They were doing what Jesus asked them to do. Well, you can look some of that up in Luke 17, 7 through 10. I'm not going to read it. Some pastors are trying to make it easy to be a Christian. I, I'm not trying to make it hard, but I want our eyes to be open what a Christian is. Amen? 
Jesus didn't do it that way. He didn't say, hey, come follow me. It's going to be easy. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Absolutely fun times. It's like six flags over America. It's fun times. Just come on and follow me. He wanted a commitment from them. We all know that salvation is free and already paid for, so that part, it's easy. Just to accept Christ as our Savior. That is an easy part. But the commitment part is a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Too many Christians are trying to do the bare minimum and still make heaven their home. Ouch. I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. These, these are the ones that are going to heaven already, so you guys should be shouting amen and, and telling everybody else on Sunday what I, what I uh, preached about. Jesus had to have commitment. Look at the young rich, rich man here in the scriptures. He wanted to follow Jesus, but it cost him too much. You remember that story? What must I do? What must I do? When he tells him to go sell all he has and give to the poor, that was too much, man. I, you, you just don't understand what I've worked for. You don't understand what's going on. You don't understand the circumstance I'm in. He wasn't able to make a commitment that Christ was after. He didn't have the commitment that it takes to follow after Christ. Jesus demanded a high level of commitment from his disciples, and he got it. So when the storm hit, their commitment overcame their circumstance. The Bible says the rich young man went away sorrowful because he didn't want to make the commitment that was asked of him. Didn't want to pay the price of commitment that it takes to be a true follower. It's too much. Can't do it, Jesus. Can't do it. Commitment is hard. But let me tell you this, it's also essential. I know there are circumstances at times that can't be avoided. I, I understand that. We're going to run into problems. We live in this world. We're going to have trouble. But you know what? Jesus has already overcame our trouble, right? So we need to understand. I believe as a whole, we're seeing the church world's lack of commitment to God by them neglecting their commitment to their local church body. And once again, I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. You're here. You're here. I understand that. But they still want God to be faithful to them even when they're not faithful to him. Right? You know what? I want God to be faithful to me in all things. And he is. And he is. I commit to a church. Before I was ever a pastor, I was a member here. I committed to this church. I was here every time the doors were open. Why? But not just because of this church. I wanted to have an experience in the presence of God with my church family. Amen? That's why you do it. This, there is work to be done in our local body that goes undone because of the lack of commitment by the Christians that call their home church TFT but never darken our doors, right? Lord, help us. Lord, help. Again, you guys tell the Sunday crowd what I preached about today. We have to be faithful to God's work. We have to be faithful to his callings. We have to be faithful to where he's planted us. Can you imagine if Jesus called a weekly service time and his disciples said, well, I'll catch you online, Jesus. I'm not going to make that one. <laughs> I'm just talking to you tonight. Don't get quiet on me. Again, you're here, okay? <laughs> you're here. Our commitment should be greater than our circumstances that have invaded our lives that's keeping us from the house of God. Our commitment should be greater than the circumstances that are keeping us from the house of God. Absolutely. Our commitment should be greater, I'm going to say it again, than any problem that we're dealing with. Our commitment should be greater because of what he's already done for us. How many has had God do anything for you already? 
Some of us should have been dead in the grave already. Yeah. My driving skills, I should have been dead already. I, I'm a pretty good driver too, but I've gotten circumstances that it was only God that helped us out of them. Our commitment should be greater because of what he's already done for us. When problems arise in our, in our life, our commitment should be greater than the circumstances that are hindering us. We see the world is committed to their own agendas. We do. We, we, they're, they're committed to their agendas. I heard just recently that Disney's going to put uh, some sort of a homo, uh, the way it said it was a homosexual, uh, queer, and this is their words, um, transgender, and some other word or two I don't remember now, in, the rest, in, in their movies from now on. Disney's doing this. Disney's the one we think, well, we can put on a Disney movie and it'll be all right and our kids can watch it, our grandkids can watch it. No. They're showing exactly what their agenda is. They're showing where their commitment lies. It's against God. It's against you. It's against you as a parent. It's against your child trying to take your child to hell. That's all it is. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. The world has a commitment. Abortion clinics, they have a commitment. People are committed to their job nowadays. People are committed to the, their political views, their ideology. Look at the communists, the socialists. Equality. We see people committed to this all the time. Equality. As long as they don't infringe on something they're doing. If they, they don't want to be equal with somebody, but everybody else needs to. Yeah, we got you. We're not stupid. For those of you who may be watching online, we're not dumb. We see. We see what's going on. How committed is the Christian today? When we're totally committed to God, no circumstances can overcome us. There's no circumstances that can overcome us. Once again, how many spent time in jail with their feet and arms spread apart till it's stretched in the body after they've been beat? No telling how many times on the back and they're bleeding everywhere and you're in the dungeon. I'm not going to ask just how many's been in jail because I might get too many hands, but I'm, I'm just going to ask that question. I mean, have you been beat on? You see what I'm saying? They were going through some stuff. It was some bad situations, but they praised God anyway. They praised God anyway. We can see in the congregation that the commitment level is rising in our church. I see that. Somebody says, Pastor, I don't see it. Like a, I do. I know some of the people that's come to me personally say, Pastor, I'm committed. I am committed. I am committed. I see what the Lord's going to do. I see it in the spirit. People are starting to open their eyes to the spiritual things that are going on in this church and starting to come to me. Pastor, I see this. I'm committed to what's going on. We're committed to God. We're not just committed to this church. We're committed to God and his will in this community, in this region, for us to reach out and touch this nation right here in little old Greenbrier. We have to be committed. And I see it rising here in our church. Disciples of Jesus have to be tough. Have to be tough. When the pressure's on, the circumstances are bad. Disciples, Christians, saints, followers, their commitment carries them through the circumstance. Wow. I had them put on our sign. Ms. Donna did it for us the other day. Your most intense test will come, come just before breakthrough. You'll wonder why the devil's fighting so hard. It's because the chains are fixing to be loosed. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Paul and Silas, just before their chains were being loosed, what was happening? They were in bondage. They were put in that prison. They were beat upon. They were in a bad situation. That circumstance was horrible. But it was just before their chains were going to be broken. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, you take hold of that tonight, you're welcome. You'll, you'll be home in victory. I'm telling you, if you start thinking about it, the things I'm going through, man, the, the chains are fixing to come off of this thing. Whew. The battle gets rough when you start fighting the devil. How many know that? When you start taking things out of the enemy's camp, he's mad. I keep hearing Shelly saying, we got to attack the devil. And I thought to myself, that's kind of a strange statement. I don't hear that too much. And I got to thinking, you know what? The children of Israel attacked people over and over and over and killed and plundered and did what God told them to do. We need to be doing the same thing to our enemy. Not just the things he took back. And I told you this golf story the other day where I went and, and took some golf balls that had been stolen from. We not only, not only need to go to the devil and take our stuff back, we need to get some other people's stuff back too. Well, pastor, that's just thievery. Hey, if the devil's got it, it's yours. Just take it away from me. If your commitment is strong, the circumstance won't hurt you. It may affect you. You may, you may have some battle scars, but it, you're going to win in the end. God allows trouble just to see who's really going to be on his side. We don't like to hear that. God would never let us have trouble. God would never let us walk through. Don't kid yourself. Read your Bible. It's over and over in the Bible. Ask Job if God will ever test you. Like, Man, God, why did you let the devil do that to me? He was in a bad way, right? He's not happy with you serving the Lord. He's not happy with you coming to church on Wednesday night. He's not happy. Our enemy's not happy with TFT. The enemy will not stand idly by. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. But if your commitment is strong, the circumstance is not going to hurt you. God allows trouble. We know that. Commitment is hard, but it's essential. Commitment to God will overcome fatigue. It will overcome despair, reverses, layoffs, setbacks, crashes, recessions, and even depression. We can conquer these things. We can conquer these things with our commitment to God. I believe your ability to receive is tied to your level of commitment. How many like blessings? Shelly's going to have to be committed to that age to get a birthday present. I'm just telling you, she's going to have to be committed to that age to get that birthday present. The more committed you are, the more you're able to receive. Let me give you a scripture. This is talking about judging and judging others, but we use this scripture a lot, and this still applies. You can take the word of God and apply it to your life. Luke 6 and 38, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. There's a principle right there in the word of God. The same measure you're being nice to people, it's going to be measured. The same way you're judging people, it's going to be measured back. The same way you're giving, it's going to be measured back to you. You see that principle? It's not just about money. This is actually talking about judging. This scripture, like I said, sometimes gets pulled out and just isolated. But this principle is God's word, and it does apply to us today. People stop by the church all the time, and they're asking for money all the time. But they don't want a commitment to God or the church, or anything else. They just want money. I think I may have told you this already. One of the last ones that stopped by the church, uh, they come to the door, and they just hem-hauled around there at the door, and literally just kind of dancing around everything. 
I said, can I help you? They said, yeah, we need some money. I said, you do? I said, so do I. And they just kept dancing around, and I said, where are you coming from? They said, Conway. I said, okay. I said, where, where, where did you start out from? They said, Heber. I said, and I said, we had to go down to Conway, and we're trying to get back home. I said, well, when you left Heber, did you know you didn't have enough gas money to get home? Um, yeah, yeah, we, we knew we wasn't going to have enough. So this was your plan all along. You don't want to commit to anybody. I said, what church do you go up there, go to up there? They said, we don't go to church. I said, there's another reason to go to church. Your church family will help take, take care of you in times of need. They're not committed to anything except themselves. That's their plan. Now, I'm going to tell you, I give to a lot of people that come through here. Don't think, well, Pastor, you're just mean. No, I, I discern the spirit, and, and then I attack it in that way. I see somebody that's really hurting and needs something. I go out and take care of them. I see somebody that's just using their plot and plan. I'm like, you have to try it on somebody else, man. I'm not going to help you. It's not your circumstances. It's our commitment, and that includes prayer. All right? Some people say, I can't pray. I've heard people tell me this. I have this circumstances and that circumstance. But if you're committed enough, you're going to pray. Now, we remember the prophet praying, and he dried up heaven. And, and, and he said, you know, he just spoke, and he said, there's not going to be no water, no dew, no rain. It's not going to come. He just spoke it into existence. And I'm sure at some point he had a talk with God about that. And when we think about things like that and, and use them principles, sometimes I wonder, God, do we need to pray for a drought so we can lean on you more? Because when we have more than enough of ourselves, how much are we leaning on to God? Commitment will make you pray in the middle of the night. Commitment will get you up early in the morning and pray. Commitment will create a desire to get closer to the Lord through prayer. Commitment will make you open up that Bible. Commitment will make you read one chapter a day. Commitment will make you read six chapters a day. I think today I got in about 25. I was a couple of days behind. Commitment will make you read your word. And you know what? When you start reading the word, once again, it comes alive. I hate to stop because, you know, I'm, I'm following this plan. I'm just trying to stick to this one particular plan for my daily reading. And I try to stop and I'm like, no, I want to see the next chapter. What's they have to say? And then, I'll, oh, I remember that chapter. I want to read more. I, want, I, I know how the devil gets a black eye on this one. I want to see the end of this chapter through. Others will say, I've prayed for two weeks and nothing's happened. God hasn't answered my prayer. My prayers don't work. I'm going to quit praying. I've exhausted myself in praying. I, I'm just going to quit praying now. If that's you here tonight or watching on Facebook, your circumstances was greater than your commitment. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep sending the servant out to see, is there any clouds out there? Because I'm praying for rain now. I'm praying for rain. Go again. I know we didn't see a cloud. Go again. Keep going again. And finally, the last time, the cloud, the size of a man's hand. Yeah, that was enough faith right there to say, hey, go tell, go, go tell the king. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. Faith is there. Rain's coming. Keep praying. Keep praying. Commitment will keep us praying. Commitment will keep us reading the word of God. 
Listen to Luke 18 and 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying there was a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard him, or regard man, I'm sorry. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now let me just put it in Drew's word. He's wearing her out. I'm fixing to do something for this woman because she's wearing me out. That's what he's saying. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust king said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? He's asking the question, wouldn't God do this? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. <laughs> Suddenly is what a word I love to hear. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? I want you to know when you're persistent with God, he's going to take notice of what you're doing. When you're persistent in your prayer life, when you're persistent in, in your Bible reading, when you're persistent chasing after God's presence, he's going to take notice. He's going to take notice. This woman was so committed that she wouldn't stop until she got what she needed. It's not your circumstances. It's your commitment to what you're doing. Can I say get committed? We need shirts like that. I think we're crazy up in here. Get committed. Get committed. They say, yeah, you need to be committed. Get committed. Shelly, if you'll come and help me out. I want you to see that there's an interesting principle at work here. The gain through loss principle. The gain through loss principle. The more you lose of yourself, the more of God you gain. The more of you lose of yourself, the more I give God to me, the more I surrender to Him, the more I gain of Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want more of God's power, you have to lose the reliance on your own strength, your own finances, your own way of doing things, your own pride. Lose it to God and you'll gain His power. Matthew 16, 25 said, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Hallelujah. So to gain, you have to lose. You win by losing your life to Him. You gain victory in every circumstance. You, in order to gain victory in every circumstance, you must lose your desire for pleasing self and commit to God. That's hard to do. It's hard to do what Drew wants to do and, and not do it. I know Drew wants to do that, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what God wants to do. I'm, I'm going to give myself to Him. I'm going to say no to myself. Boy, that's hard to do. Try it next time you're hungry for ice cream. Just say no to self. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that. I know this is a struggle in Cardin's life right now. Every day, say no to Cardin. I can't have ice cream today. It's not your circumstance. It's your commitment. Be willing to say, I will win everything. Or lose it all for Christ. Amen. So now what? I'm about done. Shelly's up here playing, playing the song for me that I want her to play. 
it's tough making disciples. Why? Because it takes commitment. It's tough making soldiers. Why? Because it takes commitment. It takes commitment. I want TFT to be strong, committed Christians. Why? We're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a war. A lot of people, like I said earlier, there wasn't just roller coaster heaven and I'm saved, everything's good. There is a fight that you have to be involved in because you're not going to be able to play France here and just stay out on the outskirts of it and stay out of it. You're going to have to take a stand. And God's been pushing me in that direction over and over and over. Had someone this week said, I've got a word for you. And I said, lay it on me. I want to hear from God. You got a word for me. Lay it on me. They said, it's one word. They said, stand. Stand. I said, I receive that. I'm going to stand for Jesus. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to keep my commitment to God. I'm going to keep my commitment to God. My circumstances are not so bad that I can't keep my commitment. Paul and Silas gave us a great example. We need to stop blaming our problems and our circumstances for our lack of commitment. Start committing to God. There's nothing we face that God can't handle. Paul and Silas were about in bad as predicament as you could get in. They were in a bad situation. They could have given up and died there in that dungeon. But when all hope was gone, if you just look around, there's no way out. They're not strong enough to break them chains. They can't overpower anybody and get through that circumstance. They had to lean on God. Their commitment started bubbling up inside of them. I see where I'm at. I see what I'm going through. I understand what the enemy has done to me. In spite of it, I have a commitment to God. I'm going to start praising him. I'm going to start worshiping because of my commitment. I'm going to start lifting up my hands. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Not for the circumstances I'm in, because you're here with me. You're right here in the middle of it. And when they begin to pray, they begin to sing. The chains begin to fall. An earthquake happened. What happened? They were delivered from their circumstances. Their faith was in the Almighty. It began to rise. Paul must have thought, I know in whom I've believed. When they began to think about the Lord and how He saved them, how He kept them, how He filled them with the Holy Ghost, asked Shelley to sing this song. Their commitment level was elevated to the point it made them want to shout, Hallelujah! Praise you, Jesus. Not for the situation I'm in, because you're here with me. My commitment's bigger than the circumstance that I'm in right now. And I'm going to praise you. I'm going to show the devil. I'm going to give him a black eye right now. Because what I'm walking through is not bigger than my commitment. My commitment's bigger than the situation, the circumstances that I'm in. Would you stand with me?